podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Yo, yo, this means no We are back. The RVK full strength. No injury reserved here. Jay and Fiend. I also hate Pitt. Beefy, you've been gone for so long, man. Tell, say what's up to the people. Rush off the bench, backing up, and Adam, RVK in the building. I also hate Pitt in the building, ready to rock. Yes, sir. Let's get to it. Five questions, five answers. Here we go. Welcome back, RVK Nation, to another edition of I Got Five on It with the Raspy Voice Kids. I'm your host, Jordan Tykeri, and let's get things kicked off with the first blank. The CFP expansion to 12 teams starting in 2024 is blank. Good. It's good. I hear people saying that it's not good because we can't even field four teams this year. This is not true. The more teams, the better. The more meaningful football, the better. You look at the NFL, we're intrigued every single season. It's the same thing here. The better, the more teams, the better. That's what I would like. See more teams. 12. Good fit. Let's go. I think it's great. It's not going to stop the crying. Because even if you get 12 teams in, there's going to be 13, 14, and 15 who all felt like they had a, an excuse to get in. And right now, I know you're thinking, yeah, but with 12 teams, if you haven't proven that you need to be part of the top 12, yeah, that's what you said when they expanded it to four. Okay? So no matter what, you're going to have teams crying. But for me, it's great. I like these high-stake games. I like this March Madness uh, World Cup knock knockout one-game-matters uh, 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 setup scenario that, that's going on. I like it. Uh, I don't like it for West Virginia. Uh, before we expanded to four, I kept thinking, let us just win one national championship right now when all we have to do is win one game. When it went to four, it's like, crap, even if we have a great year, we're going to have to win two games. Turns out it didn't matter. But now at 12, <laughs> you're yep. really going to have to be the best team to win the national championship. So this hurts us. Uh, I'll say hurts us. I won't say it puts a, puts a nail in the coffin for us ever win the national championship. But uh, either way, it's great for college football. Number two, JT Daniels, one and done at WVU. This leaves me feeling blank. Nothing. Just like his tenure. Nothing. JT Daniels is here, flash in the pan, had some moments, but that was a... No, he didn't have any moments. I can't point to anything where I look and I say, that was a signature moment for JT Daniels. Nothing. He had some almost, he had some close calls, and that is all you got from from JT Daniels. Made a lot of money, though. Yeah. Uh, JT Daniels, one and done, makes me think, I believe Brandon used it in a text message uh, in a group thread. Swing and a miss. Now, I'm not saying it's a miss because he wasn't a good quarterback. I'm saying it was a miss for spending all that cash that we heard that he got that we will talk about uh, on going in and still having a five and seven year. And yes, I know in the very beginning when ball, when he was balling, we were putting up numbers on offense and, and the defense was was what was letting us down. But all in all, to spend that kind of cash to use the NIL that we did have to retain a player. um, may have been the wrong player to to use it on. Either way, it's a swing and a miss. Eh, try again next time. Number three. Coach Prime choosing Colorado does blank for college football. Coach Prime choosing Colorado is great for college football. 
Deion Sanders taking an insignificant team currently in the Pac-12, an insignificant conference, boost college football in a way that no other personality currently can. It's great for college football. It's changing college football. Now, once again, when we go in, we'll get into it more importantly, how it's changing college football, but make no mistake about it. You can fight it all you want. The changes here and the changes now. And what you're seeing, what he's doing, I know he hasn't played a game. I know he's only been there for a week. Open your eyes. It's changing. Number four. This year's Heisman candidates are blank. I think it is a, I think it is a better than, no. Scratch all that. Mediocre. It's a mediocre Heisman class, pure and simple. Yeah, amen. It's dull. I mean, uh, you you want somebody who's undefeated. I guess you got Stetson Bennett, but that doesn't really, I mean, like, that, that's like Ken Dorsey when he was back with Miami in 2001 being a Heisman candidate. I'm not saying Ken Dorsey wasn't good, but the team was such a juggernaut. To have Stetson Bennett is almost a slap in the face. C.J. Stroud is legit. Um... Who are the other ones? Uh, D- Duggan from from TCU. I'm at TCU. DJ Stroud, He's, Max Duggan, Stetson Bennett, and Caleb Williams. <sighs> Duggan Duggan doesn't do a whole lot for me. I know he has some stats, but did you watch him and really think, hey, this is the best player in college football? Now Caleb Williams is a different ball game. Caleb Williams is big time, but I will say with Caleb Williams, I don't know if his um his uh, the teams he's played. I just feel like he had an easy road, easy stretch. I don't know. When I look at all these guys, I just feel like it's a little dull. You're taking four because you don't really know who you're going to pick. This is almost a gimme. This is almost like the year Lamar Jackson won the Heisman. Lamar Jackson deserved the Heisman Trophy because he put up ridiculous stats. But everybody he was competing against was lackluster. If there was anybody who was truly balling out on a lower level, um, Meaning they they weren't winning all their games uh, and, and wasn't with the most prestigious te- program, they could be in this this year, but they're not. There's no Lamar Jacksons coming in to take the Heisman, so it's kind of dull for me. But uh, somebody has to win it. Number five, West Virginia's basketball program and Bobby Huggins. How are you feeling this far into the season? Pleasantly surprised, not overwhelmed but pleasantly surprised. Net ranking of 11. Offense still not super exciting, but a net ranking of 11, I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Yeah, let me just say, to qualify this, this show is recorded Wednesday. So today when you're hearing this, the game tonight has already been played against Navy. I'm assuming it's a win. But so far up to this point, yeah, no. Um, so far, it's encouraging. It's very encouraging. I know we just took the L down there, Xavier. I was there. I watched it. I was heartbroken. I vowed never to go to another WVU basketball game again. Uh, just like I do with all losses. That's how I take them, take them, especially when I go there. But um, there's a lot of good things on this team. Legitimately, there's a lot of good th- things. There's a lot of good players. I think we're still just finding our rhythm. But I feel like this is a, a team that can make a deep push. And uh, we got to be patient with it. I know I hate that word patience and, you know, trust. But I, I think it will uh, it will materialize into something that we really want. And uh, I am. 
I'm with you too. I'm just a little surprised, but look, I'll take it because we need this right now and they're providing it for us. And this is all, I'm leaning all this on the fact that somehow we don't, we don't uh, uh, lay an egg against Navy, which you guys will know. And you know, by the time this show comes out, but there's our five, there's our five answers to your five questions. We're going to go in. We're going to talk way more about Deion Sanders and primetime being at Colorado and what it means for college football. We're going to get more into Ren Baker and Neil Brown and what can be done and JT Daniels, you know, leaving and Sam James being gone and Bryce Ford Wheaton leaving. But also with this new NIL, what can come, what we can look forward to. We're going to talk about Alec Manoa. We're going to talk about Gino. We're going to talk about Jake Spavadol being back at Cal. We're going to mention that just because shout out to Jake Spavadol. Look, don't. All I'm trying to say is don't uh, change the channel. The RVK. We're going in next Wrap segment. Wrap More than 100 schools available from home field apparel. If you like comfortable clothes, check them out. They are a partner with the Raspy Voice Kids and the 1012 Network. Use our code RASPY12, R-A-S-P-Y-12, for a discount on your first order, 15%. Go get it. Tell them we sent you. Welcome one, welcome all, and you are listening live to the one, the only, Tortillas and Takes podcast. From football to softball to track and field, tune in to get the best coverage in everything that is Texas Tech. Not only that, but find out what unsuspecting star we get to interview and put on the hot seat. Whether you like corn or flour, eating them or throwing them, this tortilla is for you. So listen to Tortillas and Takes. And as always, stay wrecked, people. Wreck me, boys! I'm going in, I'm going in, I'm going in, I'm going in. And I'm going to go hard, and I'm going to go hard, and I'm going to go hard. Yes, that's right. It's time to go in. I'm here with my brother, Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. It's so good to be back, man. It's good to hear your voice, man. I love I love the vibe. I love uh, just enjoying it with you. I love, I, you know, I don't want this to be a love fest, but look, finally back. It's been like a month. It's been like a month. You're back from vacation. How was Egypt? How was uh, being overseas, bro? Let us know. Uh, Egypt was amazing. It was the crown jewel of the entire visit. It's amazing to see things that are that old, things that are that iconic, one of the seven wonders of the world, of the ancient world, things you grow up reading about, grow up seeing that you never imagine you'll actually see and then be there and be able to share the flying WV with them and with us, for us. Uh, amazing, Jeremy. And also um, singing country roads in multiple places from Portugal, Italy, Spain. Stamping that passport. It was a great time. It really was a really good time. I got sick towards the end. It didn't dampen the trip at all, but it made coming home a little harder, uh, being home a little harder. But I've lost 15 pounds in like 10 days. So some perks to this. <laughs> right. Now we love it. We also we saw the flying WV outside the pyramids. Love it. Such a great, such a great shot. Such a freaking great shot. Speaking of great shots, uh, speaking of moments that we love, let's get into the good stuff first, man. Geno's game-winning drive. Did you watch that, the comeback drive? He put it in the end zone. Let's not look into details about all his stats. You can if you want to. But we're talking about stats that have never been put up in the NFL before when we talk about touchdowns and uh, 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 passer rating and things like that. Geno is doing it. And then to cap off a game-winning game drive, 
Bro, how do you feel about Gino? What can you say about Gino, man? Gino has, I saw somebody say that Gino is like a garage kept sports car. He's got all these great features, but he has no mileage. And it's just wonderful. Like, it's a perfect analogy. I felt like a lot of us knew he could do well coming out of college. And now he's actually doing that with the kind of support that he deserved from the get-go that he did not get in New York. Um, with the maturity, I just like that he did not give up on himself or in the, in the fact that the league ultimately did not give up on him. And the biggest thing is that I hope he cashes in next year. So I hope he has a good agent. Yep. And I hope he has a good team. And I hope he gets paid. Get paid, young man. Get paid. That's right. Make that money. And that's a big thing that you said. Uh, where you at, where you're at, your situation matters, especially in, in, as being a quarterback in the NFL. Where, you're, we, where you are at matters. Where you land, your coach, your offensive coordinator, your, uh, your uh, quarterback coach, those things matter. You see some people go some places and they're successful. Other people go and they fail. But a, a large portion depends on where you go. And now we're seeing Geno being able to thrive in Seattle, giving the reins and absolutely balling. Didn't work out with the Jets. Didn't work out with the Giants. Didn't work out with a few teams. But here we are now, and you see he has all the tools that he needs. And I just love every week when he makes us feel proud. Another dude who's making us feel proud, big shout-out to Alec Manoa, Mount shout, Manoa. Shout. First team all MLB 2.24 ERA. Once again, a Mountaineer boy putting on for a city. Brandon, how, once again, how do you feel about Manoa? I know it's the same thing, bro, but let us know. Yeah, I mean, the other thing about Alec Manoa is he's a humble dude, hardworking, Manoa-driven, and he's just putting on, not only putting on for Mountaineer Nation, but putting on for a city, representing Miami, doing his thing in Toronto, the six, and uh, can't be any more happy for Mount Manoa. Absolutely. Once again, I just want to me mention this real quick. Jake Spavadol, our old offensive coordinator. People hated on him so bad when he was here. Under Dana Shout Holgerson. Tav. Yeah, he's always showed love to the RVK. And when he was at West Virginia, all he did was average at least 38 points a game. I can't remember the exact number. I know it was at least 38 points a game. He, he has now been let go. That's a nice way of saying being fired. From Texas State as head coach. Uh... And now he is at the Baylor Bears, where last time he was there, things went pretty well. Uh, top offense in the Pac-12 in 2016. So shout out to Jake Spavadol. But let's bring us to another man in the West Virginia program, somebody that we revere, somebody that all of Mountaineer Nation absolutely loves. We're talking about his basketball team, Coach Bobby Huggins, Hall of Famer Bobby Huggins, doing it again. This year's looking pretty good. We've had one loss against Xavier. We've had a loss against Gonzaga. Once again, this comes out on Thursday. We record on Wednesday, so I'm expecting us not to lose to Navy. We have all a lot of talent. We have a lot of kids around, and things look really special, Brandon. But the funny thing is, every few years, and I am guilty of it too, people, people will say, after a down year, I think the game is passing Bobby Huggins by. I think he's getting too old to really uh, identify with these kids. How do you feel about that statement right now as we speak? Uh, I don't believe, I think Huggins knows what he's doing. I think he knows what he's doing. Um, but the question I have is what do you, 
what do what is it you want to see out of Bobby Huggins? Like, what do you want to see out of WVU basketball? You ask me, you're asking them. Is you keep saying you expect still believe they can make a deep run. Jeremy, what is your definition of a deep run in the W in the NCAA tournament? Make it to the Sweet 16. That's two games. That's a deep run to you? Sweet 16, people remember Sweet 16's certain okay. schools hang okay. up banners. That's a deep Sweet two 16 games is a deep run to you though. Elite 8 is a deep run. Sweet 16, it's close. I'm just saying because you've said I heard you say on the other bro, on the other podcast with Chris Hall you said more than once now that you expect them to make a deep run. And I've been like, deep run and Sweet 16 are not the same thing to me. And I think expectations are a big deal. So Elite A, Elite a is a, a deep run, but I'm satisfied with a Sweet 16. When okay. I look at West Virginia, I know who we are. We don't get the top talent, but we have a good coach. So every four or five years, I expect us to at least go to Sweet 16. Excuse me. Every, actually, you know, I'll be honest with you. Every three years with Huggins as head coach, I want to see West Virginia at least hit the Sweet 16. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I agree the same thing. I expect a Sweet 16 every couple of years. Every two or three years, I expect a Sweet 16. I'm the same way. And maybe I'm expecting too much, but the Bear is a Hall of Famer for a reason. And the thing that's interesting about this, Jeremy, is I don't know that people understand the level of prestige that Bob Huggins brings to WVU. The level of respect that Fran Fraschilla, Andy Katz, um, John Rothstein, ESPN, Fox, that those institutions, those pundits put on us as a program because of Bob Huggins that would not be there with your run-of-the-mill coach, even if he was the, if you gave me an average coach or a coach that was equal to Bobby Huggins, but not the name of Bobby Huggins, the marquee of Bobby Huggins, we would not get the same pub and the same run as Bob, uh, as we do now with Bob Huggins. It's a really good point. I didn't really think about it like that. I've never really thought about it like that. I mean, we act like we appreciate Bob Huggins, and I do. And we talk about how he's a Mountaineer through and through. But what you just said is something that holds weight more than I think most Mountaineer fans have ever actually really thought about and appreciated. At least I haven't. And that's so a good we, point. So what we may lose in terms of connection to kids we make up for with this. And one of the things I think he's done to try to buy, to, ke- to connect with kids a little bit more is try to get a little bit younger with Alex Ruoff on the bench. That helps a little bit um, as far as the age gap is concerned. Um, but Bob Huggins is the kind of person who just knows how to connect with people. So I don't care how old he gets, he'll always know how to connect with people. And that's one of the things I've learned over the years with my interactions with him and just watching him from a distance. Yeah, so absolutely. So even though I've been guilty of maybe questioning where he is in the stream of the game, I think what I'm learning and what I've learned is that he just connects with people. He knows how to do what he does, and he's doing it. And yeah. like I said, the net ranking of 11 is a big deal. He's right outside the top 10. That net ranking is the ranking that is used by the NCAA when they're seeding teams. That's a good ranking a quarter of the way through the season already. Now, the gauntlet gets a lot tougher once we get into the Big 12 play um so we got to stack wins as many as we can that's why losing to xavier was a big deal because we could have won that game we should have won that game um and we're favored by 18 against navy but we'll see what happens as time goes on 
Absolutely. You know another person who knows how to deal with people and talk to people? Prime yeah. time. Prime time, Deion Sanders. Excuse me. Going from Jackson State to Colorado, which I'm going to be honest, that really irritates me. And it irritates me so much because I feel like we could have got him. And I know because of circumstances that we would have never went after uh, Deion Sanders, but seeing him sign with Colorado lets me know that if we were all in and willing to give him the money that he wanted, we could be there. And right now, all money, not just the money. He wants, he wants money and culture. No, well, I said, I said doing the things that he needed and wanted. Yeah. Allowing him not have the culture does not have the culture administratively. And as far as boosters go, that would match what primetime wants and needs to be successful. Yeah, it just it just hurts because, Brandon, all I've seen on my Twitter feed, my Facebook and ESPN, all you see is primetime. And and I don't think no matter where he would have went, this would be the pup. I heard who knows if it's substantiated or not, but I heard 200 kids reached out immediately in the transfer portal. It makes sense because there's a four, I believe some people have rated as a five-star defensive back from Florida who just decided, hey, he's going to Colorado. Like, what Primetime's doing, granted, he's just now getting there. But I I bring this up because I want to talk about this, the NIL, how it is changing college football. Obviously, people know it's it's changing college football. But I feel like primetime and the coach that he is is a good face to put on this whole NIL thing. And I honestly, I said this to you earlier, I feel like what he's doing might be compared to Coach Calipari and what Calipari did at Kentucky. When Calipari went to Kentucky, the one and dones, yes, it was a thing, but he really, I don't want to say exploited it or, or used it. He did use it to the greatest advantage to the point where people like Coach K were looking down on it. And then here four or five years later, now you look at college basketball, it's all about the one-and-dones. And Coach K and, and out in Kansas and all these other big-time programs, they have adopted uh, Calipari's whole mindset on recruiting one-and-dones. And right now, it feels like the same way in college football. College football is changing. It feels like the face of change is Deion Sanders. And these kids are flocking to him. I feel like he, he's, he's, he's changing the game or at least going with the flow of the game. He's not, you know, pushing away from it like other people are, but has fully embraced the change that's coming with these kids and the and the rules that go about with it. Kind of like Coach Calipari, I feel like this is a, this is a big moment in time. Yeah, I, I don't feel the way you do about it, and here's why. I do and I don't, I should say. Coach Cal, Jeremy, is the same as Dion, and the, and the reason they're the same is their personalities are big and Dion's is bigger. I think of Lincoln Riley when I think of the transfer portal. And the reason I think of Lincoln Riley is I think Lincoln Riley got Baker in the transfer portal. He got Kyler in the transfer portal. He got Jalen Hurts in the transfer portal. Yes, quarterbacks. Yes, quarterbacks. Yes. Yes, he won Heisman's. He went playoffs. Yes. He changed teams and took Je- uh, Addison, he took Jordan Addison with him. Good point. It's a no. It's a really good point. Good point. And Caleb Williams. And, and Caleb, Caleb Williams. Williams. And Jordan Addison with the big NIL promise from all the way to USC. No, I love it. No, yo, keep preaching. But I don't see the so mass. I think Deion Sanders' biggest thing is not NIL. Deion Sanders' biggest thing is I'm Deion Sanders. 
That's what he's selling. Dion is true. selling Dion. That's true. Uh, yeah, and the kids I agree. love Dion. People love like Dion. The just the flock, the flock of because, kids who are because now they love in- Dion. They're not going because NIL is better with Dion. Dion hasn't done some special work on NIL. Dion okay. hasn't unlocked some key on NIL. Dion is, is winning the- because he's prime time. Like you said, people flock to him. He understands how to. He understands the youth. You got to remember, Jeremy. Dion started out as a youth football coach. Then he moved to high school, and then he moved to Jackson State. He had his own school. Dion knows how to talk to the youth. He's a pastor. Dion knows what he's doing in these spaces, and he knows what he's doing because he also has been in the media for forty years. Brandon, mess, let him mess around and be successful the first year at Colorado. Let him you be successful immediately at Colorado, and it's over for everyone else. No, no. Then then you get into the Calipari thing where everybody has to race to catch up with what you're doing. But what is he doing, Jeremy? Tell me what he's doing this innovative. I don't know. I, I don't know. But it puts everybody, the historical blue bloods, Jeremy, now on notice. Like, like this kid, the kid, the kid from uh, uh, Florida had Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State in his Final Four, and he decides to go to Colorado? But Jeremy, what, what I mean I'm is, you, there's nothing to do. He's Dion. Find me another Dion. There, there has to be something you could do. There's nothing you can do. There's no I, other Dion. Ah, uh, you're right. Uh, I mean, there's... Somebody can go out there and get Randy, Randy Moss. Yeah, but Randy so, Moss isn't interested in doing what Dion does. I know, I know. T.O. would be, Chad Ochocinco would be, I don't know. But but even those guys haven't done the work. They weren't youth football but, coaches. But, they but weren't you know high what the school worst coaches. part is? We have this new Bomani shiny. Jones, go ahead. Bomani go ahead. Jones made a great point about Dion. Dion. Dion did the work at the youth football coaching level and the high school level. And Dion has always wanted to be a Power 5 coach. But Dion never wanted to be an assistant. Dion never wanted to be a peon. Dion knew the only way that he would ever be able to get head coaching experience without doing the other nonsense was to go to an HBCU. They were the only ones who would give him a chance to be a head coach without the other experience. And that's what he did. How did it work out for him? It worked Uh, out well. Jacksonville State. How did that work out for Jacksonville State? Jackson State worked out well for him. Sorry, Jackson State, yeah. But but Jeremy... all, I'm not chance. saying all, all I'm saying is I, I'm just saying that because you can't replicate what he did because you're nobody else you're not going to find another Dion. So fine, this just makes me more mad at, at West Virginia for not not being able to get outside themselves and look you outside can be the mad box. All you want, but it's being mad at the Tiger because they can't because ti- the Tiger can't change its stripes. <laughs> okay, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Colorado, just think about it, Jeremy. Colorado has had four black head football coaches. West Virginia has never had a black head coach in any sport. And, and by the way, I'm, I'm and then, but being suddenly mad. you're not just going to hire a black head coach. You're going to hire prime time. You're going to add. <laughs> <you're> gonna, <laughs> yeah, let's just leave it at that. Yeah, and he's yeah. going to show prime up time. and tell all your players to get out. <laughs> yeah, and, and here's the thing. Here's another thing. As I'm irritated with West Virginia for not going after him, there are a lot of other universities in this country, and the only ones who were willing to try to get go get Dion are Colorado, Cincinnati, and South Florida. I, this says a lot, and I think some programs are going to regret it. We'll see, I Jeremy. So. I don't know because you keep. I mean, I and I agree. I already, Brandon, Brandon. I already think. I already think Colorado's already won. I wonder how much you money you can that, boost. Jeremy. It takes Brandon, a lot. How much, how, one in eleven. 
Braden, but I'm talking about money. I'm talking about money. How much money are the boosters going to put in this offseason? I don't to know. All I, until all until next September. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm letting you know. If I'm a booster, I'm I'm giving money. I, I see certain programs. I I I can't help but think. Jeremy, there are a few more Colorado you know games. Braden, what, they gave a lot of money. Real quick, ESPN when they make their uh, Pac-12 or whoever has the TV rights to the the Pac-12 who make their TV rights for next year about putting Colorado on. How many times do you think Colorado is going to be on TV now next year? Like, there's there's so much that's to gain that's already been gained. Like I said, every time I look at my ESPN news feed, I see Colorado. When's the last time you even said Colorado talking about sports, Brandon? You want to hear, Jeremy, you want to hear the, the most ambitious collect NIL collectives? Number one, Tennessee. Where are they? Not in the playoffs. Number two, Miami. Where are they? Not even bowl eligible. Number three, Texas A&M. Where are they? Not even bowl eligible. Yeah, we're not even talking about NIL. You you expressed to me it's not about the NIL. It's about Dion. So, but go ahead. No, what I'm saying though is you're talking about boosters. I'm saying they may give that money, but it, there's there's more to it when you're trying to build a program at the at the Power Five level. Yeah, like Dion. It is about the Jimmys and Joes, but Texas A&M has better players than everybody in the SEC, not named Bama and Georgia. True. And where are they? True. So there's more to it. It's that's the most important part. It's not the only part. So Colorado, and I'm not telling you Dion's not going to do it. I'm just telling you there's a lot to be seen. We'll see if he's able to do it. But he's got a lot to prove because FB, I mean HBCU is a step below FCS, Jeremy. Uh, I don't well, blame West Virginia or anyone else for not being interested in Dion. When he hasn't proven himself yet. Yeah, well, some people aren't forward thinking. So I, all no, I know I is I, trust me, I get it. I'm and, 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 and by the way, people you. talk about and hold on, people talk about talent. Texas A&M, you just told me had the most, some of the most talent in the country. Miami has some of the most talent in the country, and they're still not winning. I'm not even talking about going undefeated. I'm talking about just having winning records. I think both of them didn't even have winning records. I agree. So when so so when Dion gets to Jackson Jackson uh, State. And does this, and people say, "Oh, kitty coach, dude, just went eleven and zero." We've yeah, learned just because you have level, talent, just just because you spend money level, and have talent. Uh, it, at that level, talent makes a bigger difference than at the higher levels, like the NFL. The talent disparity gets less and less the the higher you go up. Okay, yeah, and that's the thing: right. is the higher you go up, the the less likely you're going to create the kind of talent disparities he was able to create at Jackson State. Yeah. If it was all about talent disparity, but okay, that's what I'm saying. It's not. I'm not saying. I'm not. I'm not telling you not because I, I'm, I, it, it. The majority of the issue for the majority of his success at Jackson State was talent disparity, but that was not the only part of his success. It's just, will, are is he going to be able to duplicate that at Colorado? Now, my thought is he will be able to. But there's somebody I saw. It might have been Walk On Retchers who said that he that Dion will be in the playoff next year, and I there's no way. Um. Quarterback play is a big thing. And that's Shador Sanders, his son, that'll be playing quarterback for him. And allegedly, I have not, I've watched him throw a few balls, but he's supposed to be one of the better quarterbacks in the country. I, you, you never know. You know, like I said, he's at Jackson State. Um, you get, if you get that defense, you know, a little better. I don't know. We'll see. All I do know, Brandon, is my point is I'm going to be paying attention. I don't even like Colorado, and I'm paying attention. And so is everybody else. Yeah. Whether you, yes, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's like, Colin, it's, hold up. It's like Colin Coward said, my, whether you love me or hate me, as long as you're watching, 
Yeah. And that's that's what I'm saying about Colorado. All eyes are on them. Money is going to be rolling in. And Colorado has nowhere to go but up. They were 1-11 and last year. Amen. Amen. He wins two games. He's being successful in the first year. He doubled their win total. So, speaking of money, speaking of NIL that we were talking about, Brandon, uh, I didn't know this. What's his name? Pete Nakos. He's a reporter. Said that JT Daniels made mid six figures and an NIL package to go to West Virginia. Uh, I do find it funny that that comes out now. It's funny because Colin Cowherd always says, when you hear stuff, it was most of the time it's purposely released by somebody. All year, in the summer, we never heard that he got six mid six figures to go to West Virginia. Now that his tenure at West Virginia is over, and all of a sudden, now there's a report saying he made mid six figures. That's not my point. My point is, what, looking at JT Daniels' tenure at West Virginia and then realizing he got that much money to play for West Virginia has you feeling what? Uh, it's just, this is where we are. I don't, I don't feel any way about it. I honestly don't. I have zero feelings about it. It means nothing to me. It's just where we are. It's the, this is the cost of doing business. It is once a mountaineer, always a mountaineer. does not apply to everyone. Actually, does not apply to the majority of people anymore. Don't really? even say you it. You feel I'm that sick. way about JT Daniels? Once a mountaineer, always a mountaineer? He ain't a mountaineer. You feel you that way about a, JT Daniels, really? What you look he, at JT Daniels and you think he's a mountaineer? Yes. I don't. He wore the color. I'm not hating on him. He I'm, I'm not color. mad at him. He went to battle. He sang the song. He's a mountaineer. Yeah, and it means nothing to him. No, I, I'm talking about people loyal, bleed gold and blue and all the other stuff. I'm talking about Dante Stills. I'm talking about Zach Frazier. I'm talking about some of the mother kids. I'm not talking. New Age, Like for me, it's it's as a person, a, a, a player-by-player basis now. Just because you came to West Virginia don't mean you're a mountaineer. Just because just you came to get that bag, that cash, that, that mid-six-figure uh, yeah, but he was mean, getting that cash anywhere he went, Jeremy. Yeah, if he if he would have retired, if he would have never played football again, I feel like West Virginia University would not be on his Hall of Fame. Or you know, if he had to retire, what name would be on on there? It's not West Virginia. I don't know where it would be. I was about to say like, where would it be? I don't know, but I just don't. I don't know. I just don't feel like that way to JT Daniels. I'm not hate on him. I don't disparage him, but I don't look at him like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's a mountaineer. I just don't. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see when he's a Hall of Fame NFL player. Whether that'll you feel change that way things. Or not. That'll change things. Exactly. When it's time <laughs> for that Famer. alumni check, uh, Hall of Famer. Are you talking about Canadian football, XFL? <laughs> They got football in Italy. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's all I want to throw out there. I, I And I wanted to also throw, throw out there, if we have the money to pay mid-six figures to certain people, we can't do that to every player. Um, and I feel like this thing is almost like DraftKings, where you have a certain lot of money, a lot of amount of money that you can spend on people. And they gave a lot of it to JT Daniels. So we need whoever's spending the money or making the, the the you know the head nod to go ahead and pay him. We got to be frugal with our money and who gets that bag because we had a lot of quarterbacks that looks like could have played ball this year. And maybe they really did think that we were on the cusp of a national championship, which once again, if you're going to pay that bag to a quarterback, you better, in my opinion, be on the brink of doing something big. Who misevaluated the defense and not realize 
we weren't going nowhere and we weren't winning nothing this year, Brandon. No idea. I'd have rather take that money and kept some of them players that decided to transfer than to waste it on a quarterback when we weren't going to be that good anyway this year. And like I said, if somehow they did think we're going to be good, who in the world is evaluating our talent? Now, that's a great point because there are people who really thought we were going to be good. There were coaches who said JT Daniels made us a 10-win team, and they believed that. Yep. So I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. And let me just say this for the record. I will not drink the Kool-Aid next year. Yes, you I will. Did a good job. I did a good job laying off it this year. I, I, I sipped a little bit. I think I, I went a little farther than what I should have, but it wasn't like past years. Next year, I you will agree. not. You're right. No, looking back, you're right. I will not absolutely will not even consider drinking the Kool-Aid next year. But that's all I got for uh, college football. You got anything else? You want to talk about the Heisman, the college football playoff? You want to talk about, nah, I'm good. about that stuff? Yeah, me too. Me too. Let's just get to the NFL. What you got for the NFL schedule? Anything you're excited to see? You don't have to give Jets me a second. Jets-Bills, I, I think, I, could be a good game. Jets-Bills? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good game. Especially I mean, with White. Um, they're talking about White, how good he looks, and and... People stepping up, and the Bills are on this run. They have to keep up with Cincinnati and the Chiefs. That is a good game. Uh, we'll see. Week 14? Yep. Oh, there's one. There's two others that I think could be good games. All right. Let me see. Rams, Raiders, nope. nope. Jets, Bills, obviously. It's a, it's a nine-and-a-half-point spread, one o'clock. Uh, Browns, Bengals. Yeah, that's I, another one. I think that'll be a good game. Bengals are getting six points. And I know Deshaun Watson didn't burn everything up in the first game, but I think he did show a little bit more potential in his ability to be mobile. Um, second game in, does he get his feet under him? I don't know. That could be a good game. What's the next game you had? Eagles-Giants. Gotta be. The, yep, uh, I mean, Eagles-Giants is a good game. Giants are, uh, Giants are hemorrhaging right now. Last few weeks, they have looked vulnerable. They lost last week, didn't they? Yeah. That's two weeks in a row, I believe. And they look like they're a little coming back, you know, just a little bit back down to. Yeah, yeah. Two weeks in a row. Lost to the Lions, lost to the Cowboys. Another good team in Washington. The Giants have to win. They're seven and four. And with the division surging the way that they're surging, this it's a must. It's it's almost no, it's not almost. It's a must win. Oh, I'm sorry. The, the Giants, Giants tied. The Giants tied. They tied the commanders. Okay. Still, it's a must win. Look at this. I, you know what? Actually, I take that back. I was going to say this is big, but Ravens-Steelers, they have the the Steelers a two-and-a-half-point favorite? No Lamar Jackson, Then son. I forgot. It. Then I forgot. Brain no me. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, that's a big deal. That's a big deal, especially with the Ravens fighting. They're eight and four. Try to think of any other teams. Obviously, every week we have to Mention the Seahawks, Seahawks and Panthers. Obviously, now I'm, I'm not even saying obviously. You got the Chargers and Dolphins. Dolphins have to bounce back. Chargers have to show that they're not the most. Honestly, I think everybody would expect Joe Herbert and 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 uh, the Chargers to be better where they are right now. They are not. They're six and six. Uh, to salvage the season, they got to make some kind of push and has to start this week. But really, honestly, I'm looking this week. There's nothing really crazy, you know, other than Jets, Bills, other than Giants, Eagles. There's nothing really that that really, really moves you, you know? Yep, I agree. 
I mean, unless you want to see Brocktober, Brock Purdy against the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, Mister Irrelevant. Who knows, man? Yeah, man. So that's what we got for the NFL uh, week. Nothing super exciting, but like we always say, make sure you have your rosters uh, filled out, your starters set for your fantasy leagues starting Thursday. The Thursday game is the Raiders and Rams. So if you have players on either one of those teams, make sure they're set. But man, B, it feels good to be back. That's all I got for this week. You got anything else? No, that's all I got, brother. All right, that's all we got. Get out of your boys, the RBK. Podcast Network.